This is episode number 224 with Jamin Fraser. Welcome to the SOTA Process Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Evans, a high-performance mindset, life, and holistic health coach on a quest to help you find empowerment, break through comfort zones, and live your purpose. Every week, we bring to you a state-of-the-art person or idea that will help you to take massive action en route to your dreams. Thanks for tuning in today. Now let's define our greatness and be state-of-the-art. What is going on, Sotarians? Welcome back to the Soda Process Podcast. And in today's episode, I sit down and talk to Jamin Fraser. Now, Jamin is a guy that is really, really inspired by helping people to overcome insecurities and doubts and limiting beliefs they have in themselves. And basically what he says, his mission is is basically to end unnecessary suffering caused by unresolved insecurities. So basically what I did today with Jamin is we sat down, we had a chat about insecurity, what insecurity actually is, why we get insecure, how insecurity affects us, and then also the seven steps we can go through in order to overcome that. So Jamin has a book that he wrote called Unhindered, which are the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity. And we went really deep on those today. I really wanted to question Jamin on how it is that we become insecure in the first place and how it is that we can overcome it as well through those seven steps that he's created. So he's got a really cool TEDx presentation on those seven steps too, which I'll have a link to in the show notes for you guys to check out um, because it was a really compelling presentation and it was really interesting to hear his perspective on uh, exactly what insecurity is and how we can over how, as well as how we can overcome it too, which is cool. So if you guys too, uh, if you do take some value from this episode, make sure you take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story and tag myself and tag Jamin as well. Um, I'm pretty sure his Instagram's just Jamin Fraser off the top of my head, but the link to that will be in the show notes anyway. And also make sure you head down if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, head down and leave a review. Um, a five-star review and just write something nice about the podcast as well. I'd really, really appreciate any sort of feedback like that. It'd be awesome. And make sure you subscribe as well just to help us just spread the word on how you can live a life that is state-of-the-art and to help people become more empowered. So um, yeah, that's all I ask from you, Soterians. Here we are. Here we go with the one and only Jamin Fraser. All right, welcome back to the Soda Process Podcast, Sotarians. I have Jamin Fraser in the house. So, Jamin, thanks for coming on today, man. Pleasure, Tom. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. So, um, I've seen it written somewhere that your mission is to end unnecessary suffering caused by unresolved insecurity. So, that's where I kind of want to start today's chat. So, talk to me about what insecurity actually is. Uh, it's, the, it's the fear of being found out as somehow inadequate. It's that if you saw me as I was, you'd realise that there's something missing, something lacking, that I'm not enough, somehow I'm not worthy, I don't belong, there's something wrong with me. So right. uh, we, we want to be a good person, but we're afraid that we're a bad person and insecurity is that fear of that belief being exposed. Yeah, very well put. So why is it that people get insecure in your opinion? Uh, it's unavoidable. So I would say you think about the life cycle we go through 
uh, to 2. Um, I don't think we're insecure at all. I think we have a very high sense of self as evidenced by the moment something's less than ideal in a toddler's world, they demand instant resolution of that problem. They don't care whether their mum's asleep on the phone, busy eating. It's like, hey, listen, I dropped my dummy. I'm going to need that back in my mouth straight away. So quickly come and fix my problem. They don't think, oh, should I? Maybe I don't deserve that. It's just like, hey, I'm I'm clearly the most important person in the whole world. So uh, there's no insecurity there for a toddler. And for the most part, adults in the toddler's world are happy to reflect that level of significance back to them. But then you move beyond two and now you're a bit less cute and now baby number two is along and now you're expected to do a bit of stuff yourself. Can you just bugger off? Like, why are you so annoying? And and this feedback, you're not getting it. It's like, oh boy, I still want to feel like I'm a good person, but now I'm a bit less sure about this because I'm not getting the feedback. So then you begin this game of then trying to feel good about yourself by meeting the expectations of those around you because you need their approval, you need their validation, you need their love. Um, and and they're not perfect at giving it. So there's this lack that starts to happen. And then we're sense-making creatures and we're trying to work out why that's true. And so because of this lack of feeling, we think it must be about us. Uh, every experience we have, we're asking and answering two questions. Why is this happening and what does it mean about me? And we don't escape them, no matter whether you're aware of it consciously or not. So the child's kind of making sense of painful disappointment and hurt in their life and inevitably they're personalising it against themselves. And insecurity builds. We, we form these opinions that we think there's something wrong and those opinions become certain and our structure for then how we interpret the world from then on. Unavoidable. Yeah. That's really, really interesting, especially like you mentioned, it affects our whole perception on the world as well, which is obviously a big killer for a lot of people. And in some cases, it can be empowering depending on the type of lens through which you're viewing the world. But I'd be interested to know how does, um, I guess, from your perspective, insecurity affect someone? Does it sort of stop them from reaching their full potential or how does it affect people in their day to day? Yeah, well, interestingly, it, it can affect people positively. It can be like rocket fuel. Um, I, I think often in our 20s, uh, how, how old are you, Tom? I'm 21. 21, there you go. So um, it's likely that insecurity is actually doing some good for you in terms of your motivation because I'm sure you've seen memes and posts that say, oh, the best way to motivate me to do something is to tell me that I won't or I can't. And then it's like, right, now get out of my way and watch me do this. Yeah. Because uh, there's this energy to really prove yourself and defend yourself based on this fear that perhaps I'm not good enough. You're like, right, well, I'll just demonstrate that I'm an awesome human being by what I can achieve. So that insecurity actually drives you to achieve all kinds of amazing things that you wouldn't have done otherwise if you didn't have the need to prove yourself. Um, so it's that's really cool. Um, so we, we see humans achieve incredibly impossible things driven by the need to prove and defend. Um, but interestingly, that energy is also toxic. And um, and when you get to the top of the mountain and you're like, see, I did it, you know, the person who told you you couldn't has like even forgotten that A, you even exist and B, they even told you that you couldn't do it. So it's such a short-lived victory. And, and then you got to keep proving and keep defending and it's at the cost of your own personal health and well-being. It's this aggressive energy that is unsustainable, has no provision for rest, and and leads to madness so so i get to talk to people kind of midlife 
early 30s when they're starting, the edge is starting to wear off and they're exhausted. And then this fear is actually now really restricting them and uh, they've, they've got no more energy to keep pushing and fighting. And so now they start to shrink back into their world and uh, it impacts their health and their relationships and their finances. They, they're staying in jobs that they hate. They're in relationships that are dysfunctional because it's like, oh, maybe this is as good as it gets. Uh, so all kinds of really interesting ways that insecurity impacts a human being. Yeah, and I guess just touching on that for a second as well, from what you've seen, is there a particular type of insecurity that you would say is more crippling, whether that be when it comes to people being insecure about their bodies or their finances? Is there a particular one that you find that is quite common that really does affect people? Yeah, sure. Well, it, it can be domain specific. So someone can think, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm happy with my body, but I'm really insecure about my work or I'm, hey, I'm good at work, but gee, you know, I feel really weird in my own skin and I think people don't like the look of me, or, you know, so, but ultimately it all comes back to the same fear, no matter where it hits the surface. We're kind of like, if I've got it all together, then everyone will think that I'm a good person. But if there's a, chink in my armor people are going to examine the fact that there is something missing with me and if it all comes out this won't be just about one area it'll be about me as a human being there's something about me that's inadequate so the ultimate insecurity is the same in every case but sometimes it shows up in different areas and and you can get away with it so you might you might, might be naturally a good looking rooster you might have good social skills you might be in an affluent season of life so you've got food on the table, people like you, you look good in your own skin. So you're like, oh, well, there's no real insecurity that's impacting me. But then the moment something gets jeopardized, you lose a job, some friends start to not like you, you put on some weight, uh, your body starts to change and you're like, now my safe world that's protecting me from these unresolved fears is now gone and, and now all the lights are starting to show and, and now I feel like I can, I can be exposed. Um, so... Interestingly, COVID for me has been a really interesting time where people are so much more aware of their insecurities because their safe world is no longer certain anymore. Everything's uncertain. And so what's underneath the surface has now risen to the top and all these insecurities are on show. Yeah, I guess that's really interesting how I guess it's uncertainty that brings up a lot of that. And I know, funnily enough, um, from some of the work I've done, I've been to a lot of Tony Robbins courses, and one of the six human needs is variety slash uncertainty. So for some people, they actually thrive off that as um, a human need and a value that they actually um, strive towards. Like I know my girlfriend, for example, she values uncertainty a lot in that she's, it's almost like she thrives in that environment where it's going to be uncertain. Whereas someone like myself, I probably value certainty a little bit higher than what she does. So um, that is another one of the six human needs. And I find that, you know, my need for certainty is a lot higher than her. So when I'm in an uncertain time, not that I um, freak out necessarily, but you know, she's thriving. Whereas for me, it's kind of like, uh, you know, let's, I kind of want to know what's going to happen to an extent. So um, would you say that that's kind of where, I guess insecurity is really bred from is that that unstable environment or not knowing what the future holds. Yeah, and and then it exposes when the when my external world is uncertain. Well, then it in, it reveals my internal world is uncertain as well. Um, so I have a, a slightly different 
understanding of the the core needs than that. And I've because I've got friends that say the same. They go, "Oh, Jamin, the difference between you and I is we need different amounts of certainty." They look at me as a risk taker, as an adventurer, as someone who backs myself, free spirit. And you go, "Oh, clearly you value uncertainty." And and they, on the other hand, are risk averse, analytical, take a long time to make decisions. Are always in their head, so they need more certainty. Um, so lots of people, if you Google in, you know, six human needs or six core needs, lots of people will say there's a hierarchy. And um, I, I completely disagree. I think you and I and my, me and my friend and you and your girlfriend, I would say you actually need the exact same amount of certainty and uncertainty. Um, what, what is actually showing up, in, in my opinion, is the quality of your strategy to meet those needs. So for me, because it looks like I, I don't need certainty, all that's all that's being revealed is I actually have a very high quality way of meeting my need for certainty. I I'm, I'm able to back myself. I I give myself certainty. I am my own refuge. I know that no matter what happens tomorrow, I'm going to be okay. I'll, I'm an intelligent person, a clever person. I'll, I'll sort it out like I've done every other day. So I don't need to worry about what's going on in the world because I have certainty. Whereas my friend has never done any of that internal certainty work. So all his certainty is on things outside him going a certain way. So because things outside him are not going a certain way, he's always uncertainty. He's always uncertain. So his strategy for certainty is terrible and his bucket leaks. So it's top of mind. So it looks like it's a more, it's a stronger need, but it's just, it's just showing the fact that his strategy is less resourceful than mine in that specific need. Um, so, yeah, I would say we all need just as much certainty. And if you can find that internally by reviewing your insecurity and challenging what you believe about yourself and showing up in the world confident and secure in your ability, then uh, it doesn't really matter what's going on around you. It won't push you into uncertainty. Yeah, that's a really, really good point you bring up, actually. And yeah, I've never viewed it in that way. So yeah, um, I'll know. I'll, I'm going to have to listen to that again, I reckon, because that was that was really, really powerful. And I think well, that's something that yeah, is really applicable. The same for significance. So, you know, the six core needs for those who haven't heard them, certainty, variety, significance, love, contribution, and growth. So I hear people, people say all the time, oh, yeah, I just need more significance than someone else because I'm really needy and I need affirmation all the time. It's like, no, no, we all need significance. Every human being needs the exact amount of significance. We, we have to know that we matter. But if you haven't found an internal way of giving that to yourself, then of course you're needy. Of course you require that from others. And if, you know, so the most narcissistic people are the most insecure because they have zero way of self-referencing their own value. So they constantly require more approval, more affirmation, more recognition. And even when they get it, it lasts such a small amount of time. They've got to go back for more. So, but, but we all need just as much significance as each other, as, as certainty, as variety, as love. Uh, I, I love thinking about that because it just means that the aim of the game is to just keep finding higher quality internal ways of meeting all six needs. Yeah, I love that, man. That's awesome. So, yeah, let's, let's sort of get into um, your seven steps for sort of battling and overcoming insecurity as well. I know you wrote a book on this. I think it was titled um, Unhindered, The Seven Essential Practices to Overcoming Insecurity. So, yeah, let's go really deep on those and sort of start with um, the first step, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure. So un unlike others, I'm convinced insecurity is a problem that can be solved rather than just managed. 
So it's a universal problem. Um, most people are insecure about being insecure, but, but I'm sure it can be solved. And this model, uh, um, while it's my model, I didn't invent the solution. My life's work was to deconstruct the solution. So there are plenty of people who found a way to live free from insecurity. And my work was to understand how they did it and to model it so that I could do it so that you could do it. Um, so in every case, for people who lived unhindered by insecurity, these seven practices showed up, whether they knew it or not, in every single case. So uh, that's the model. So, so practice one is to step into the light. And it's basically Yoda's wisdom, you know, named must your fear be before banish it, you can. So it's just most people have a very abstract understanding of what they're afraid of. And so they, there's, you can't resolve it because you're not even clear about what it is. So people often think they're afraid of failing or, or being rejected. That's very abstract. Um, if you're afraid of failing, the only way never to fail is never try. It doesn't even make sense. If you're afraid of being rejected, the only way to never be rejected is obsess about pleasing every single human being for the rest of your life or never, ever put yourself out there. Ridiculous. So just to have a bit more of a close look to turn the light on and, and see what is it that you are actually afraid of, it's always the level deeper than that. It's, it's the personalization of if you were to fail, what would that mean about you? Ah, that I am a failure. Now I've been exposed. And if I was to be rejected, what would that say about me? Ah, that I am not worthy of love, that I don't belong. There's something wrong with me. So we're actually not afraid of what's out there. We're afraid of what's in here. We're afraid of our own opinion of ourselves. That's mm. it. That's the core of it. And you can't solve the problem unless you know what the problem is. So that's practice one. Um, practice two is to go, okay, so I've got this opinion problem of myself, uh, which, by the way, it's so cool to frame it as an opinion problem because opinions are the lowest form of knowing anything. Yeah, so that's they've awesome. got to be the easiest. They've got to be the easiest things to change. Like I, I used to have an opinion that olives were disgusting. Now I think they're great. Both of them are opinions. Like who knows what's true? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So these opinions we form about ourselves as kids, they're weird and strange. So of course they're going to need to be changed. Anyway, so practice two is to take responsibility, which is interesting because typically when people discover they got this opinion problem about themselves, they position themselves as a victim in that story as though oh the reason i feel so badly about myself is because my parents got divorced when i was four or my dad never hugged me or my school teacher said i was stupid or i got bullied when i was in year nine or my girlfriend broke my heart or you know whatever it is it's all what was said or done or not said or not done but that's all misdirection uh, we're not the actor in the story we're the storyteller we've got the pen the whole time so Life's not about what happens to us. It's about the meaning we put on the things that happen to us. So that, that just means we're the ones creating these opinions. No one has the power to bless us or curse us without our agreement. So it's not that, like I had, a, I had a client the other day tell me that when they were four, their dad said to them, son, I have a, my, my feeling toward you is one of benign indifference. Gee, that's a nice thing for a dad to say to a four-year-old son. He's like, yeah, that's that was, and, and then my dad just got and drifted off. Benign indifference. He says, no wonder I feel so terrible about myself. I'm like, well, you'd think that's what happened. You'd think that's that's what ruined your life, but your dad did not have the power to ruin your life. What actually ruined your life is when he said that to you, you agreed. You decided he must be telling the truth. 
because he's your dad. So you cursed yourself, which means if insecurity was created outside you, then you got to look outside you for it to be fixed. But if you created this, then you can fix it. You mm. are responsible. Um, practice three is to stack the pain. So the only people who ever resolve insecurity are those who do so from a place of great pain, which is why I kind of work with midlifers a lot of the time. They're in great pain around this. Sometimes young people don't have enough pain and it's not costing them enough yet. Cool. So don't change it. If it's not costing you, let insecurity drive you to go and show how incredible you are by what you can achieve. Um, but know that that energy eventually will cost you a lot. And at some point, uh, this will end in tears because you can't keep driving at that level and no one really cares. So your, your victory will be short-lived. So this pain around the fact that these opinions you've formed about yourself are actually really destructive and ruining every area of your life means that you then have a, have a high level of motivation to go address them. Um, if, there's no, if there's no pain, there's no reason to address this. Practice four is the other side of motivation which is to develop a compelling vision for what you do want. Because if you're just motivated by pain, you'll do just enough to get out of pain and then the motivation stops. So Tony Robbins teaches this. You've got to have a pain, like a moving away from strategy and a moving towards strategy. Be clear about what you don't want, but know what you do want instead. So what's your dream? What's your vision? Where are you taking this thing? What's your potential? What would you like to have happen? This is like the hero's journey and the hero's always got to have a quest. The hero is not up to something important. Well, what's the point of facing fear and insecurity and doing things that are dangerous? It's like if Frodo isn't compelled to destroy the ring, why is he risking his life every day? Go back to the Shire, Frodo. Like, please, quickly. It's too dangerous out here. So I find people lose energy for this internal review work the moment they lose sight of what they really want. Uh, practice five is get help from someone who doesn't care about you which sounds a little offensive, but is wonderful when you get the power of it because typically we think we're going to need someone who really cares about us and who loves us and who believes in us, who's going to pump air into our tires and really support us. That's what's going to make the difference. Um, that's not what makes the difference. Like if this could be fixed by someone else's opinion of you, all, all you'd need to do is, you know, go on Instagram type personal development memes and read the first one, you know, you are enough girlfriend, never forget it. You're like, ah, oh, fantastic. Problem solved. Thank you, Instagram. But, you know, clearly that's a nonsense because this is not a problem about someone else's opinion of you. It's about your opinion of you. So you're going to need help. Like every hero needs a wisdom character. There's always a Gandalf, a Yoda, a Dumbledore, a Mr. Miyagi, but they're not the hero. No one's coming to save you. So, Eventually, you're going to have to go face your own fear. You're going to have to go work out once and for all if you are good enough or not. So you've got to go all the way back to the first time you decided that was true. The role of a coach is to show you the way and then get out of the way. If you get help from people who care about you, they're going to, they're going to weaken you. They're going to try and rescue you and always flatter you. Uh, practice six then is to go be the hero which is to go back to the origin and, and rescue the child, the child who went through some pain and decided it was about them, who personalised that. Got to go back as an adult and set them free, help them see an alternative. Uh, and then practice seven is to rewrite the story. So having 
fully deconstructed the old fear and rendered the old opinions as a nonsense. Now is your opportunity to use the pen again and to write new and compelling stories for yourself. So people typically want to rush to practice seven and go, oh, yeah, I get it. You just got to rewrite the story. So I'll write some affirmations on my mirror and just be really positive to myself. Sure, you're welcome to do that. But if you don't deconstruct the old story first and as soon as you get tired or anxious or triggered, it'll come out like it always has. You've actually got to clear the slate before you can start again. So that's the, that's the seven. Then you do that. Then you show up unhindered by doubt, fear, and insecurity at your best where it matters most. Man, that is, yeah, some super, super powerful stuff. And I love how you've just reverse engineered that and just really broken it down into what I would say are pretty simple steps for anyone that's listening. Like, you know, that's something we can all do. It's not something that is rocket science or anything like that it's simple breaking it down and like you said just going internal and just going within yourself you know yes it might be scary at some points but if you do want to overcome insecurity then that's the things that have to be done in order to do so so I think that's yeah really powerful man so um, I guess getting into the next thing I wanted to ask was just in relation to your um, TEDx presentation as well I think um, if I quote it correctly um, you said on there, life is not about what happens to us. It's the meaning we make of it. So do you mind sort of expanding on that and sharing a little bit more about what you mean there? Yeah, so so the two sense making questions, why is this happening and what does it mean about me is, is how we experience the world. So we go into the world, we have experiences and then we have to decide why is this happening? What does it mean about me? And so five people all having the same experience and not having the same experience at all. They're all having their own experience. They're all answering those questions differently. So it's just it's just useful to realize where the action's really taking place. Um because then it just means you're at the center of this drama. You can change things all the time because you're the sense-making creature who gave this sense in the first place, and you did it with limited awareness as a child, often you know, kids are just making shit up. Like how are they supposed to get it right? They're doing the best that they can. Uh, so of course that meaning will need to be reviewed at times. Even when kids tell great stories about why this is happening and what does it mean about me? Even the great stories a kid tells will have to be reviewed. At some point they'll stop making sense and they'll get in the way for an adult to live a meaningful life. So it, it just cuts through the misdirection of how our life is formed. It's so easy to think I am the way that I am because of what was said to me and what was done to me and the painful things that have happened. Um, but if that was true, then everyone who's had bad things happen to them would have a bad life. And everyone who's had loving parents and a, a charmed childhood would have an awesome life. But that's clearly not how the world works. And that's just because we're sense-making creatures and we get to decide what things mean. And off the back of that story determines the quality of our life. Yeah, I love that, man. Super, super powerful. So um, yeah, we're pretty much at the end. So before I ask my final question, where can people find you online and access all of your content? My parents gave me a gift by giving me a, a unique name. So I am the only, the only Jamin Fraser in the world. If you can work out how to spell it, I'm quite easy to find. Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, you can search the Insecurity Project. Uh, interestingly, there's no one else in the world who's gone that hard after that one word. So my business coach told me, the Insecurity Project, that's not going to work. Like people are insecure about this. this is, that's a terrible name. <laughs> but uh, I just went, no, that's the problem I want to solve. So I'm going to get very good at speaking about one specific problem. So again, easy to find if you type in overcoming insecurity, the Insecurity Project, 
you'll find my podcast, you'll find my books, you'll find my website, um, you'll find me on Instagram and, and Facebook. So shouldn't be that hard to find if you'd like. Yeah, and I'll have all the links to those in the show notes for everyone anyway. So not hard to find at all. Just head down to the show notes and it'll it'll all be there. So um, yeah, I guess final question. So the goal with this podcast is to share the processes on how people can live a more empowered and state-of-the-art life, which to me means to live a life above modern standards and strive to eclipse your potential. But I'd be interested to know, in your opinion, what does an empowered and state-of-the-art life look like to you? Uh, I, I often walk down the street and think, I don't know how people get out of bed in the morning not knowing this stuff, like not knowing that they've got the pen, feeling like their world is shaped by what's happened to them. So I think a state-of-the-art life just looks like this. It just looks like I, I am the storyteller. I'm the one who controls my own experience of life. And if I don't like my experience, I can change it. So I, I think that's what gives you an unfair advantage. You just become good at telling good stories. And the moment a story gets in your way, you review it and you update it. Yeah, man, I love that. Well, Jamin, thank you very much for coming on the Soda Process podcast today. I really appreciate your time. Hey, Sotarians, thank you so much for listening to that episode. Now, just quickly before you leave, please head over and subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll know exactly when the next episode is out so you never miss a beat. And also make sure you head over and give the podcast a review as well. That's going to help us to grow and expand the show and get your feedback on exactly what you want to hear from us, what guests you want us to get on, and how we can improve the overall listening experience for yourself. Now, if you took some value from this episode, please make sure you take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story. Don't forget to tag myself at Coach Tom Evans and at The Soda Process so that we know you're listening and can get some instant feedback from the show. Also, while you're there, be sure to check out the awesome show notes we have down below. We've got a couple of different partners that are offering some awesome discounts on some products specifically for you as a listener of the podcast. All right, guys, you know what to do. It's time to get out there, define your greatness and be state of the art. I want to know more about you. Where are the areas of your life that you need the most help? Where are the areas of your life that you're struggling? But also on the flip side, where are the areas of your life that you are thriving and just absolutely killing it? Is it with your finances or your health and well-being, your career and mission, or even your beliefs and emotions? My goal is to help you improve on those areas. As you would know, it is my mission in life to lead people such as yourself towards finding empowerment, breaking through comfort zones and taking your life to the next level and beyond. I'm now taking on new clients for my high performance life coaching services and I would love for you to be involved. So if you want to be personally coached by me and take the seven pillars of mastery in your life to another level, those being health, emotions, relationships, time, career, finances and contribution, then message me on Facebook or Instagram at Coach Tom Evans right now for your free initial consultation or you can email me at the soda process at gmail.com that's the soda process at gmail.com to get started 
Just mention high performance coaching in your message and we can get the ball rolling on our way to becoming state of the art.